Welcome to the Mike and Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports Network. I'm Mike here with Micah Ant and LQ. It's been a it's been a pretty busy week. We had an episode drop this morning with the AD news with Micah and I. So, Prime and LQ, I want to get your thoughts before we start this episode on the AD to LA trade. Who do you think won the trade, and what do you think this means for both teams? Uh, and I'll start with you. Uh. To be honest, I think the trade was pretty even. But if I had to say who actually won it, it would have to be the Los Angeles Lakers only because they're in a position to win a championship next year. And if you salvage your future for four to five years just to get a ring, you know, I take that as a win. So they just get a ring right now while they're, what, three years left in LeBron's tenure in at the Lakers. Then I say it's worth it. But in three to four years, you got Lonzo, Drew, Ingram, Zion. That's a good little core right there. And But I'll say the Lakers only because they're in position to win the championship next year. LQ? Agreed, man. Uh, a lot of people are saying that the Lakers got fleeced only because of the amount of first-round picks that they traded in the deal. But I feel like uh, those picks are definitely going to be in the late 20s because of how good the Lakers are going to be. So uh, I don't really think that's much of an L there. A lot of people were speculating that Brandon Ingram was going to be a bust. Um, Lonzo's offensive game wasn't really developing, and the Lakers don't really develop young players well. So why not, you know what I'm saying, get the superstar in there where you got LeBron in his last couple of years and try to go for it all. So I think it's a pretty even deal on both sides, but uh, if I got to give anybody the W, it's got to be the Lakers because uh, they're immediate contenders now. Yeah, that's what that's what Mike and I talked about uh, yesterday, saying that it was a pretty uh, pretty even deal on both sides. I'm pretty sure, Micah, you went with uh, L.A., and I just went with the Pelicans just because they have given themselves a future for the next eight to ten years, and if they're able to get maybe a ring or two or in that near future in – six to seven years that I think that uh, they would have won the trade, but I don't think anybody lost it. But we talked about that in our last episode. You can go check that out at Legendary Sports Network uh, on Apple Podcasts. Today, we are doing our NBA mock draft. The draft is on Thursday. Um, It's exciting. There have been a lot of trades. We can expect more trades to come down on Thursday. We are uh, all been assigned our teams, one through 30. We're going to go through, give a brief... uh, a brief blurb on basically what, why we believe this team is going to take this player and what it means uh, for that team specifically. So with that, we'll start our NBA mock draft. Uh, I have the first pick, the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans won the NBA draft lottery. And with that number one pick, they're taking the best player in the draft, which is Zion Williamson from Duke University, the best university out there. Um, This is, this is a no brainer. Zion, um, he did everything for Duke. He was unstoppable. Uh, 22.6 points, 8.9 rebounds, 2.1 assists, 68% from the field. He was unstoppable in the low post. Um, not a great shooter yet. He needs to work on that, uh, needs to advance that in the NBA game. But his ability to drive, his ability to dunk, his defense, he was, he was unstoppable against D1 talent and the top D1 talent in every game he showed out. Um I really don't think that there was a question here who was going number one. I, he's going to be an immediate starter, and he's going to make immediate impact for uh, the Pelicans, and it's going to make him one of the best teams to watch next year with Lonzo, with Lonzo and Zion. 
Yeah, with the second pick in our NBA mock draft, I have the Memphis Grizzlies taking John Morant of Murray State. Um, we all saw what John Morant did. This is All-American, only player to average 20 and 10. I think since assists were starting to be tracked, so really a historical player having a historical season. Um, he's definitely not a player that you should sleep on. He's definitely, I think, will be a great player. I think his game translates to him being a great player. I think it's exactly what the Grizzlies need. Uh, transferring on from the Mike Conley years and the Marcus Gasol years, you know, they're not that defensive presence anymore. I think it's time to, if you're going to rebuild your image, what better way to do it than with a point guard like this, as polarizing as he is. Uh, 6'3", maybe like 175, 180. He's kind of skinny right now. Uh, I think time in the weight room, it'll help him out. Um, if I was to compare him to anybody off the bat, I could see a guy like Russ with a little bit more discipline. Uh, maybe not like, you know, the pure jacking he has, but as far as just slashing game and transition game, I think he's bar none one of the best outside of Zion in that field. So, I mean, I definitely think he has a lot of potential, and I think that if he lives up to that potential, he could be an all-star for the next 10 years. And uh, with the third pick in the draft, the New York Knicks. So, like, uh, R.J. Barrett, man, a lot of people call this a three-player draft, meaning uh, that third player would have to be R.J. Barrett. Um, You've seen what he can do at Duke. You've seen the praise. You've seen the hype. This is Steve Nash's godson. So, it's time to see what he can do for New York. They've been jacking it up the last couple years, and – God knows what's going to happen in free agency for those Knicks. So, <laughs> I guess the smartest move that you can go right now is R.J. Barrett. With the fourth pick, we got the, the New Orleans uh, Pelicans getting their pick from the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm going to take Jared Culver. Um, this is really best player available. Um, you have Zion Williamson with the first pick, and Jared is a great defender. He's most likely going to probably be coming off the bench the the next few years because you have Drew Holiday at the two and you have Ingram at the three. Uh, he's a good defender, good hands. He can score the basketball. He didn't have a good game in the national championship game, but I think it's because he was trying to will the team and there was no one really else on the team that could try to take him there. Uh, the only downfall about him, he has to work on his jump shot. He shot about 30% from three. And when you have somebody like Zion Williamson on your team, you're going to need a lot of people who can space the floor, even though most likely he will be running with the second unit. So I think for sure he has to work on his jump shot, but overall he'll be he'll be a good player for them. And with the fifth pick in our mock draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers are taking Darius Garland, uh, guard out of Vanderbilt. We didn't see much of Garland this um this season due to injury, but from all the reports from high school, from uh, all the experts, they're saying that he's a great shooter and that's what the Cavs need. They uh, worked last year in getting Colin Sexton, who is a slasher who gets to the lane, but they need uh, to build on that and get uh, a two man who can hit a shot, who can create his own shot. And I think that with now that J.R. Smith is gone and you don't really have a two, you had uh Seti Osmond and them boys, you need talent somehow. And, I believe that for the Cleveland Cavaliers, getting the best available player, which I believe is Darius Garland, at um, that pick is going to be great for them. And now you have a one-two punch that you can build around with uh, Sexton and Garland. For the sixth pick in our mock draft, I had the Phoenix Suns taking DeAndre Hunter of UVA. Um, 
I guess the biggest thing I test wise looking at DeAndre Hunter is we all saw what he did in the national championship game. Um, he really, I would say, take over or took over that game and really showed really what his skill set can be. Um, as far as Phoenix being their pick or this being Phoenix's pick, I think it's honestly pretty safe just because of his skill set. Uh, it translates to like a three and D type player. He's not going to break the bank with points. He's not going to break the bank on like, you know, playmaking ability and stuff like that. But if you need a guy who's going to play solid defense and, you know, spot up for threes and stuff like that, I think this is the perfect guy. Uh, truthfully, I don't see a lot of deficiencies in this game. It's more or less just is he going to buy into the Sun system if he gets trapped there. Uh, he's not necessarily a small guy. He's a guy that can, like I said, play defense. And he can get a little physical. So I think he will be a solid pro. I don't know if he's like an all-star level type of player. But I think – you don't even need that at your six pick. If you're the Suns, you need a guy who's going to step in and really just fill a gap and fill a role. So I like this pick for the Phoenix Suns. And with the seventh pick in the LSN draft, I'm selecting P.J. Washington out of Kentucky. Uh, a lot of people might see this as a reach and a pretty confusing pick with the Bulls already having Wendell Carter Jr. and Laurie Markkinen. I just feel like uh, P.J. Washington can definitely play that uh, kind of that spark off the bench role for the Bulls. They uh, they have a lot of guards there already, so I think that the concern might be, you know, some length and athleticism maybe off of the bench or Laurie Markkinen hasn't been as healthy and Wendell Carter has also missed some time, so he could be definitely that four or five coming off the bench and just some more depth for their uh, growth and development throughout the future. With the eighth pick, the Atlanta Hawks are going to take Killer Cam Reddish. Um, this is just need and uh, need and best player available at this point. Cam Reddish can come in, hit the three, play defense. Um, you already have Trey Young. You have Kevin Herter. You are as a spot up shooter. You have Trey Young. He's on his way to being an All Star. Uh, you got to get that – you got to get your three. You got to get your wing player. Uh, his ceiling, could, he could be Paul George, but, you know, he could be Otto Porter. We don't know. The best-case scenario, he is going to be a Paul George-like type player. He definitely has the skill set to be, but they definitely have to pray that he falls down to number eight for them. And with the ninth pick, the Washington Wizards, your uh, 2020 – NBA champions. Uh, yes, sir. Cutting, <laughs> <laughs> oh, get it out. <laughs> All they, right. They select uh, Jackson Hayes, uh, center from <laughs> the <laughs> University of Texas. Um, this pick is because at the present moment, the Washington Wizards don't have uh, a true center. Uh, they had Thomas Bryant playing that role where Thomas Bryant is an undersized center. They didn't really have. Uh, the defense to match up uh, with a lot of the top centers. And it showed it showed to be a huge problem for um, the Wizards. So I think that they go ahead here and try to get uh, the shot blocking, the shot blocking ability to get the points, uh, to get the rebounds. And I think that he is the best center in the draft. And for them to build around Bradley Beal, they can work with him and getting the pick and roll. So uh, their first joy- choice, obviously, if he was to fall to them, would have been Cam Reddish. But since Cam Reddish is gone, they take the next best player in the draft and they go with Jackson Hayes. For my 10th pick, the Atlanta Hawks, oh, man, they're going to stretch it. 
I have them taking Bull Bull, center from Oregon. I mean, well, first of all, the man didn't stay healthy enough to finish the season. Only played nine games before, I mean, like stress fractures and weird stuff. He's a tall guy. But I think that's the reason they take – I feel like the reason they reach. Uh, this is a guy who, if he finds a way to stay durable and he finds a way to stay healthy, his potential is limitless. Being the son of a new bull, being the fact that he doesn't have the same game as his father, he can actually step out, shoot threes. He's lighter than his father while still kind of having the same – length, if you will, uh, seven seven wingspan. This is a guy who – he's not going to be your typical center, of course, but if there's ever going to be a stretch center and we're kind of seeing this kind of wave happening, I think of Jokic, I think of other guys. Uh, if you – I won't compare him to AD, but these guys who can move and be a little mobile while being still like seven foot, this is a guy who might want to take a chance on. I don't necessarily see it as an unsafe pick or a bad pick because Atlanta has three first-round picks, so – they might even just trade this pick, but if you're going to pick somebody, I think you take the guy who has possibly the highest ceiling if he can stay healthy, and you just hope and pray that he lives up to that. Uh, so, yeah, I have them taking Bull Bull pretty early in this draft. Sweet. Uh, for number 11 in the Minnesota Timberwolves, I have them selecting the guard Kobe White out of North Carolina. Um, you got Carl Anthony Towns. You got... Dario Sarge and a lot of other bigs like Taj Gibson. I like to put in work and uh, you got a lot of money invested in your forward position at Andrew Wiggins and Robert Covington. So I guess you got to go guard here. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Derek Rose and free agency or if they'll bring him back. And I just think the safest move because I don't really trust Jeff Teague either. Um, it's going to have to be to bring in Kobe White, man. I think that'll probably be the best player available at the position of need in Minnesota at the time. So, Kobe White to Minnesota. All right. With the, what is this? The 12th pick. I got the Hornets taking a right. What's this, what's this man's name? R- right. Ryu Hachimura. R- we taking him. All right. <laughs> yeah. At this point, they just need talent. In a perfect world, Kobe White falls to them because I do believe Kimball will be going somewhere else. I don't know. L.A., New York, we don't know. Pacers, you know, it's a lot of teams out there with some money that a lot of people aren't talking about because they aren't household names. But uh, we're taking the best player available. Uh, he has a good mid-range, uh, uh, you know, kind of like an all-around player. Uh, they have a comp for him, uh, Antoine Jameson. Which is, you know, Antoine Jameson was an all-star. He was he, solid, yeah. Yeah, he was a solid player. So, if you can turn out to be – you got to get Kimba some help. Kimba's been there for so long, and, you know, nobody's ever been there. He's wheeled them to a couple playoff series, but you can see why he wants to leave. So, if he leaves, you need to get some type of building blocks there. So, I think he's just the best player available. At uh, 13, we have the Miami Heat selecting – uh, I guess he would be a guard slash forward. I think we probably put him at the two. Kevin Porter Jr. at a UFC. Uh, I just think that he's probably going to be, if not one of the best players out of the draft, the best player out of the draft. Now, that might be crazy to say with Zion and all the other crazy talent in this draft. But from what I've seen, he has the most gifted offensive game out of everyone in the draft so far. 
Um, he can score on all three levels, and he's not too bad on defense. He does have some more improvements to make. And as far as his physique, he does have a pro-ready body, and he's ready to do things. So let's get Kevin Porter in Miami. <clears throat> For the 14th pick, I have the Boston Celtics taking Brandon Clark Jr. of Gonzaga. Uh, this seems to me like a very Boston Celtics-esque and Danny Ainge-esque kind of pick. Uh, first of all, it's very, very safe. Probably, if not one of the safest, a very, very safe pick in this draft. Uh, this is a guy who's already 23 years old. He's going to be 23 going into his rookie season. Um, led the led the, uh, excuse me led the NCAA in field goal percentage and blocks. Um, if you count offensive rating as something, you know, metric guys do. But what I'm trying to tie in here is the fact that he's an efficient guy. He's an efficient player. Uh, you could call him a power forward, but he's six eight with a six eight wingspan. He can jump out the roof. So you can call him an, alpha, an athlete, a really like a good athlete at that. Uh, as a guy who's probably going to be a high energy guy, he's not going to start, of course. Um, and I probably won't be a starter um, unless his game just truly, truly develops in the league. But you're talking about bench depth. And you're talking about what the Boston Celtics do. I mean, I'm just expect not expecting Kyrie Irving to be here. So it's going to be a lot of young guys playing a lot of minutes. And I just expect him to fall right in. I think he's perfect for what they do. He's a guy that will be able to catch lobs and play some decent defense. So I think he fits right into what the Boston Celtics do. And with the 15 pick, the Detroit Pistons take Sekou Domba from – uh, from overseas is an international player that has played in the French uh, French League right now. I think this pick is uh, best available. They don't really have uh, – they were bounced out in four games uh, by the Bucs, and they don't really have too many great players besides Blake Griffin. Andre Drummond is a cool center, but he's not really doing much for you offensively. So I think they're going here getting the best available, getting the power forward who can – back up Blake, or if you want to play uh, kind of a Blake and Sekou uh, style to get Andre Drummond off the floor defensive uh, for offensive-wise, I think Sekou would probably be uh, the best fit from there. This is These are usually the picks that you could kind of take flyers on because they did make the playoffs, but they're not at that next level yet. And with an international player, it's usually hit or miss. So they go ahead and take their flyer here and see if they can hit and add to that add to the uh, the team that they're already building here with Dwayne Casey and Blake Griffin. Stay cool and Thon is crazy. Yeah, very long team. All right, with the 16th pick, the Orlando Magic, I'm going to take Tyler Hero from Kentucky University. I just feel like they're going to need shooting because they have Markel Fultz on the team. <laughs> in a perfect world, <laughs> in a perfect world. What's a good player? In a perfect world, okay, let's say you have Markel Fultz, you have Evan Fournier, who's actually a pretty good player, uh, can give you 15 to 17 points he averaged the past couple seasons, but he will be a free agent next uh, offseason. So I think he will command a little bit too much money just for them to try to keep because he is a solid scorer. So maybe you draft Tyler Hero and you can groom him behind Fournier so that next season he could take that leap and then you have your uh, building blocks with um, Mo Bamba, Markel Fultz, Tyler Hero, get some more young guys in there because yeah, he's a, you know he's probably one of the best shooters in the draft and that's what you're going to need in that backcourt. With the number 17 pick, the uh, Atlanta Hawks who got this pick from Brooklyn select Nikhil Alexander-Walker 
the sophomore uh, shooting guard out of Virginia Tech. I know, I know you definitely watched him LQ uh, in the times that we had Duke, uh, Duke and Virginia Tech matchups. But he is electric. He has the ability to score. He put up uh, 16.2 points on a Virginia Tech team that wasn't really known for putting up points. They were very de- defensive-based. So I think in where they have more offensive flowing that he can even put up uh, more. Uh, four rebounds and four assists, solid all around. 37 from the three can um, can definitely help can definitely help with that. With Atlanta, they need more shooting. They need, uh, they need more uh, guard play. Mike already took bull bull, so that center position is taken care of. And they have Collins, so to get uh, now you get Collins and you get uh, at the two here with uh, Nikhil Alexander. You sh- you're starting to build a great foundation. I think that's what Atlanta does with 17. For the 18th pick, I have the NAF Pacers taking Nas A. Little of UNC. So, I mean, the biggest thing about Nas is the fact that coming in, he was supposed to be a top five pick. You know, like it was – it was almost a given, like, coming into the season. The three players that were going to get drafted, the probably first three, was Zion, RJ, and Nas. You know, his first year and his only year at US, UNC, excuse me, it probably didn't go how he wanted to. A lot of the seasons he didn't really start. He was coming off the bench. Um, but his potential, and kind of like almost Kevin Porter's almost, it's just limitless. Like, he's a guy he can play above the rim. He can play below the rim. He can play defense. He has a little bit of a shot on him. It's not amazing. But the biggest thing is that when you have guys that's playing the McDonald's All-American game, he was the MVP of that, you have to give him a chance. I mean, this is a guy at his midpoint or coming in. He could be a guy like Jalen Brown, and I don't think that's a bad thing, especially for what Indiana Pacers need. I mean, Oladipo is going to come back, but at the end of the day, they're still going to need some guys that will be able to do things when Oladipo is off the court or even uh, even paired with Oladipo. So I think it's good that they get – a guy who can play above the rim, similar to how a young Oladipo did. And if you want to make that comparison, he could be a young Oladipo. And I think that's perfect. And I think if Victor takes him under his ring, under his wing and teaches him kind of the ropes and gets the defense side down, I think he could be an amazing player and perfect for a team that's going into the playoffs. And at 19, Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs select Cam Johnson, a small forward from North Carolina. It kills me as a Duke fan. This is my second North Carolina player in a row. And uh, actually, if we're looking at the draft, we're going back-to-back because we just got Nasir Little off the board. So it's a lot of Tar Heels going all over the place. But um, as far as the San Antonio Spurs, they could use uh, some offense. And Cam Johnson probably has the best dribble pull up in college basketball last year. So I'm going to have to roll with him. He has that perfect game of three and D just like Danny green and what they're used to in San Antonio. He can also create his shot. So putting him in an offense next to Derek white and DeJounte Murray has to be ideal for Greg Popovich and what they got going for the future. All right. With the 20th pick, the Boston Celtics, with another first-round pick, are going to take a flyer and get Darius Baisley, who was the New Balance intern. Um, He didn't play competitive basketball last year. The only reason why I am taking him in the first and a little late 
or maybe even a little early is because the Boston Celtics have three first-round picks. I don't really expect them to draft three players with that team is in the win-now mode, but if they do, they can take this raw prospect and kind of groom him because it looks like they have great player development in that Brad Stevens system. So he's tall, long, 6'9". He has a comp to Trevor Reza, Robert Covington, that type of player. So if you have that type of player in the Brad Stevens system, I think that's perfect if you want somebody like Jason Tatum to take the next step. He's going to need a lot of solid role players to be with him. So I think they'll take him just because they have three first-round picks and they really have nothing to lose if they miss with it. With the 21st pick, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Keldon Johnson, uh, shooting guard out of the University of Kentucky, uh, 6'6", 216, pretty good size. Russ uh, right now is your one. You have PG at your two, but they do still need uh, more wing play. With uh, We don't know what's going with Roberson. It feels like he's been out for like two years now. Um, I think that they can get more scoring and get more defense. Uh, Johnson with basically 14 points at Kentucky, six uh, rebounds, uh, two assists and 40%. I think that he could be, he could be your uh, fourth scoring option. Um, I think he, he was pretty. He's pretty good. Um, this is when you're getting to players that do have do have some shortcomings, and you would want to see his offensive game take the next level. But he does have players ahead of him like Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Well, don't get any uh, offensive uh, mentoring from Russell Westbrook, but he has Paul George, yeah. uh, and Paul George can teach him the ropes, basically uh, similar size, and get him to be. Uh, that that wing that they can have that can they can rely on that can hit uh, a consistent three. So that's what I'm going with with the number twenty first pick. Well, the number twenty second pick I have once again we're back again with the Boston Celtics. I have them taking Nick Claxton, a uh, power forward or more like a combo forward, but more likely a power forward uh, coming from Georgia. Um, this is a person and a player that led Georgia in scoring, rebound, steals, and blocks his last year, uh, all-SEC guy. It's a person that if you like height-weight combos and you don't really talk about a lot in the NBA, but guys like that and guys who have the track record, I think it's perfect. Uh, like Ant said, they have three first-round picks. There's a lot you can do with three first-round picks. But let's say they use them all. I think there's a perfect guy that you can develop and kind of just sit on to see what he does because if it turns out – it's kind of like with the Nas Lowe thing. If he turns out that he can be a great rotational piece on a young team and Brad Stevens can get him right and he stays in that that house that Danny Ainge has been building, it's a beautiful thing just because he's a guy who, I mean, he has the repertoire, he has the time put in, and he's a pretty safe pick. And I think it's kind of, it's kind of a theme with what the Celtics have kind of been doing that they're taking guys who are ready to play now. You don't need to let them sit for three years and it's not a project. These are guys that can kind of come in. They may need a couple months, but you'll start seeing 10, 15 minutes from the game, and I think this fits right into what the Celtics need to do. And with the 23rd pick in the draft, I have the Utah Jazz selecting guard out of Indiana, Romeo Langford. So before the college basketball season started, Romeo Langford was a projected top five pick. So the fact that he slipped this far into 
a team that is really kind of desperate for a point guard with uh, probably losing Ricky Rubio this year. The Utah Jazz, they also need somebody desperately to help out offensively. Devin, uh, I said Devin. <laughs> uh, Donovan Mitchell, man, because he's definitely carrying a run of their offense. That pick and roll with Rudy Gobert isn't going to save the season. Again, Joe Ingles has been trying to do his best. Uh, they've been trying to get as much as they can out of Derek Favors, but Romeo Langford can definitely provide a spark that their offense hasn't seen since maybe Deron Williams days. So, got to go Romeo Langford. All right. This is the 24th pick. Got the Philadelphia 76ers picking Mat- Matisse Thibault. Uh, six five guard forward. Um, he got uh, he's probably the best. Well, he he probably well is the best defender in the draft. He got the uh, top award in college for it. So they and Philly, you're gonna need guys who can switch, play defense because they're a defense and oriented team. Uh, he can shoot the three, but it was surprising that he didn't shoot that well from the three this year, but he didn't really take that many attempts. Uh, 2017-2018 shot 36%, and the year before that he shot 40 And then this year, for some reason, he shot 30%. But he has the the capabilities of shooting the ball well from his background. So if you can just get him up to speed of shooting the ball, then he can come off the bench and, you know, because, you know, people like J.J. Reddick may leave and it might be some holes on that team. You traded away Landry Shamit to the Clippers for some odd reason, even though you got Tobias Harris, which he may leave. But you're going to need some shooting. You're going to need some uh, some more role players on that team. Uh, with the 25th pick, the Portland Trailblazers select Bruno Fernando center out of Maryland. And this is, this has been a pick where uh, he's been all over the place. Uh, He's been up in the teens and I've also seen him in the second round. Uh, Bruno is a double, double guy. I think with uh, Nurkis going down with that uh, broken foot that they're going to need somebody to step in there. And his cancer is a good offensive player, but does not have that uh, defensive ability. And Bruno can slot right in plays almost exactly to Nurkic. Uh, We'll get you your double, double, um, every day, and I think he could be an immediate starter for the Portland Trailblazers. <clears throat> for the 26th pick of our mock draft, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers taking Ty Jerome from University of Virginia. Uh, two-time All-ACC guy, uh, pretty key piece in Virginia's first national championship win. Um, the big thing about him is that he is a great scorer, but it's below the rim, if that makes sense. Uh not a guy who's going to put up a lot of – catch a lot of lobs. Not a guy who's going to do a lot of cutting. But what doesn't make up for the athleticism, he's making up for the shooting. He can shoot and he can he can create – you know, he can create his own shot, even though he's not necessarily the best athlete. Um, I think it's good for what the Cavaliers need to do, simply because at the end of the day, you need guys that can put the ball in the hoop. Colin Sexton, he's going to run really fast. He's going to attack. What better way to do it? Or what better way or what better guy to kick out to than a guy who's going to make the shots from the corner or kick it out and make a, sh- a mid-range shot. It's almost like the John Wall and Bradley Bill thing almost. Early on, I'll say. Um, 2013, John Wall and Bradley Bill. John Wall is going recklessly to the bucket. Kick it out to Bradley Bill. Nice mid-range, nice shot. If 
they develop and hopefully they do, you just obviously a great combo. But for right now, I think it's a pretty safe pick late in the draft for them. And I think he'll be a pretty decent pro. With the 27th pick in the LSN draft, I have the Brooklyn Nets selecting Big Jelly, Nas Reed from Big LSU. Jelly. Um, I've seen Julius Randle linked to the Nets a lot in uh, free agency, but uh, if they like to save a few bucks, I can just recommend they get Nas Reed. He gives you everything that Julius Randle can. I think that's probably one of the best comparisons I've seen on any mock draft. Um, he has the handles. He has not the best defense, but by his 6'10 frame and his athleticism, I think he'll be pretty decent defender on the uh, next level, something like uh, Kenneth Reed will give you. And that at the four next to Jared Allen could be reliable. Uh, I don't know if they'll be moving forward with Rondé Hollis-Jefferson or how that's going to play out, but I think Nas Reed is a pretty safe pickup. They're at 27 for Brooklyn. With the 28th pick, we got the Golden State Choke Odysseys. They are taking <laughs> Carson Edwards, all right? You have no KD, no Clay. Curry's about to carry the load next season. Quinn Cook is a free agent this season. He might try to go out and get some money. You know, he has his championship. You get a guy, Carson Edwards, who can who can score the basketball. Uh, he went off during the NCAA tournament, had two 42-point games. Uh, he's six one, so he's small. Uh, the only I can say the bad thing he may even drop. He's dropped so far is that he has a small stature, and even though he put up about twenty four points a game, he shot thirty nine percent from the floor, and that's not going to translate well to the NBA because a lot of people who translate their percentages usually drop a little bit because the speed of the game and stuff. So, but I think Golden State would be a good fit for him. You know, uh, I look at him like a guy like Fred Van Fleet, maybe. Or even he could be a little better than Quinn Cook, how he played in Golden State. So, they're just, you know, securing their backup point guard. Wow, because Curry's going to be playing a lot of minutes this season. So, <laughs> um, And with the 29th pick in the NBA draft, the San Antonio Spurs take Grant Williams uh, for out of the University of Tennessee, back-to-back SEC Player of the Year, uh, 18 point, 19 points last year, eight rebounds, led them as one of the best teams in uh, the SEC with Kentucky up there. Uh, he's a great defensive player. He needs to go ahead and work on his offensive offensive ability, but with Greg Popovich and his ability to be able to turn uh, – like almost prospect type of players into that next level and take, get the best out of them. I do believe he's going to have the ability to uh, do that with Grant Williams at, uh, from the University of Tennessee, and I think it's going to be a great pickup for the San Antonio Spurs. And for the 30th and last pick of our mock draft, I have the Milwaukee Bucks taking Chris Wilkes from UCLA. Um, some people will honestly consider this a stretch. I've seen a lot of mock drafts and a lot of people – First of all, they don't have him as a top five small forward or even a top ten small forward. And some people are taking him as low as the second round. Um, And while he – I wouldn't necessarily say he had a disappointing tenure at UCLA, I definitely think that he got robbed with the whole Leandro Ball situation and how that fell apart. Um, Now, the biggest thing about Chris Wilkes is that he's a former five-star guy. 
first of all, that should attract anybody to any prospect because if you're coming out of high school with this type of hype, let's say that there's still rules that you can go straight to the NBA. He would have been a probably top 15 pick had he gone straight to the NBA. Talent-wise, I think it's still there. I think without playing with guys like Leandro Ball and really having that kind of hype around them, the UCLA kind of mystique is a little bit gone. I think Chris Wilkes gets a little bit lost in translation. Um, this is a guy who he can still score a lights out. He can still put up as many points as you can need to, um, especially with Milwaukee and what they're doing. If they lose Chris Middleton, this is a guy in the future with a little bit of development that can step right in and fill in the same role as he does. Um, he can score a lot of points. He put up 17 a night with UCLA. If you adjust his game a little bit, you, you know, he learns how to play with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, this is a guy who can really show out and possibly be one of the steals of the draft. Honestly, with Chris Wilkes, it's just going to need a team to finally develop him and trust him to the point where you can get that five-star talent out of him because I still think he has the it factor to him. Even if he's getting a little slept on, I still think he has the it factor and he could really be an elite player. And that's that's going to do it for our uh, first-round mock draft, our first NBA uh, mock draft. The draft is on Thursday. We'll see how close we are able to get with these picks, how many picks we get in the first round. But for Mike, for Micah, for LQ, and for Prime, and for Prime we will see you on the next episode of the Mike and Micah podcast. Peace.